Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. I'll be honest, Aidan, it's bloody boiling today and we're recording a podcast absolutely roasting in our rooms as the sun is out, there's not a cloud in the sky, the ground is turning to ash and fire beneath and we're slowly burning but we're here to deliver you guys another awesome episode of the Successful Mentalist podcast and today is all about choosing your material. Bloody heck, that, that took a turn. I don't know where you was going with that. You've gone from pour, pour a glass of water because it's a bit warm and we sat inside with a blooming tech going off in a million miles an hour to, to ash burning in the apocalypse. Blimey. But yes, today we are talking, uh, moving swiftly on, uh, about actually choosing material. Now, this is something that we talk a lot about in a lot of these concepts that we're about to sort of share with you. We've explored in either complete episodes or in multiple previous episodes before, but we wanted to give a really clear sort of collection of the core principles that you need to be thinking about when actually choosing your material. Now, a few weeks ago, we actually spoke about how to fool your audience and we gave you a really clear four-step process to actually designing and preparing tricks that are fantastic and fooling for an audience and today we're going to kind of do the same thing there are four really clear sort of steps if you like to actually choosing good material now the truth is there are many more than four in fact there is a lot that uh, we wanted to put in this episode but we haven't so um, we'll actually talk to you about it at the end but actually in our learn to thrive program we actually have a huge uh, amount of time dedicated specifically to choosing the material building your show uh, in the best possible way but we'll talk about that later on so Ashley what is the first point of this choosing material box Thing. Well, you know us at TSM. We're not going to say, oh, it's as easy as go to your magic retailer and then choose a trick off the shelf. Oh, go and search all about the tricks one and buy Ashley Green's amazing hand stick and hypno choke lecture. No, it's not as easy as that. At the end of the day, the hypno choke lecture might be for you or it might not be. You don't want to waste your money spending it mindlessly on loads of different crap, which is just going to sit on your shelf and rot or sit in your downloads folder of your G drive if you buy them from me. <laughs> um, Look, you need to start looking the step beyond. We talk about this so much, actually giving a damn and looking a little bit further within what you're doing. And when it comes to looking at material, it's actually looking at your vision of good magic. What is good magic to you? What is your vision? That's where you've got to start because that will give you the foundations, like we always say, to then elevate the next steps. Aidan, this is a fantastic point, which you talk about loads and loads and loads. And you gave a really good explanation on uh, the Mystery Behind Magic podcast with uh, Robbie and Shanad there, which we uh, done a pod swap and we've actually got that on in uh, one of the previous episodes from last month, I believe. If someone's looking into finding their vision of good magic and it's like, oh, I don't really know, like, what is good magic? Is it, isn't it just falling? Oh, I listened to your last episode. Is, is that it? It's going a bit further as well. Like we've always said, that deep... Uh, that deep furtherness that you've got to kind of look into, isn't it? Well, exactly. There's so much to 
the the question of what is your vision of good magic and and if you really want to boil it down it quite simply is what do you think good magic is because uh, in identifying that not only is that going to help with choosing the uh, rest of your material overall because heck if if your vision of good magic is uh for example um I, I don't know. It, it's magic that just makes people think that you are the best at sleight of hand. For example, good magic is sleight of hand uh, card magic. Like, let's really get niche here. Sleight of hand card magic. That's your vision of good magic. That's what you believe good magic consists of. Well, are you going to be doing propless anagrams? Are you going to be doing, um, like, coin vanishes and things like that? Well, it sits outside your your belief and your vision of good magic. It's not what you believe is really great magic, and and I think that's the only exception I would probably make. I've been talking about vision of good magic an awful lot through emails and, and through podcast interviews and all these other places, but I actually think that what we need to do is work out our vision of good magic and instead operate from our vision of great magic. Like we use all of the good stuff. Like for me, good magic. Like there's so many different things to it, as I'm sure you'd agree, and I'm sure every listener would agree. There's so many different things of good magic. Like I would never perform rope magic, for example. But my God, can a good rope routine fall the pants off of me? Like I have no. It's amazing. I love it, and that's just something that I'm interested in. Like it's a really good piece of magic when done correctly. Does that mean I'm going to perform it? No. Because I'm going to be performing from my position of great magic, not just good magic. So, again, really looking at what you uh, like watching, more importantly. What do you like performing? It kind of, we'll touch on that later, but it really is that overall thing. It's hard to put a tangible uh, description on it. And if you do want to jump on this kind of philosophy a bit more, there are previous episodes on this. Give it a scroll in your favorite podcast provider. And whilst you're doing that, if you want to add us a a little follow, take a screenshot, pop it on social media, do all of that funky jazz, uh, you're more than welcome to. Make sure you tag us uh, and all that fun stuff. I can't do a call to action in the middle. It just feels weird. Uh, But yeah, your vision of good magic. What is good magic to you? Uh, When you start thinking from that mindset, you don't need a definitive answer. It changes, it evolves. It's a, it's something that just develops as you develop, day by day, trick by trick, experience by experience. But you've got to yeah. start thinking about it. It's an ever-changing thing. And at the end of the day, we've always said magic is the reason why we're here. It's the reason why you're listening to this. It's probably the reason why you got addicted to the hobby or the career you're in right now. Because you've seen it, you liked it. But what is that one element there that you liked? And as you've said there, like the worst thing that someone can do listening to this podcast episode right now, Aiden, is think, oh, well, this is my vision of good magic. Write it down. Have that on the wall. And follow that for the rest of their life because you said people are changing. New things change. The world changes. Experiences change. Different politics and world events are probably going to theme the way we perform our magic. Like you look into the the whole psychic realm, just to take an example. Back then it was very much down to talking a lot about death when looking into like the Victorian era. Like death and decay and the afterlife because people were fascinated in it it was the whole kind of dynamic around then and it's kind of fizzled out now because we're a new population of people with different likes different interests so the people performing perform differently and the people watching watch differently so it's important to just look that step like beyond understand yourself and always be prepared to adapt and i think it's just regular thinking and just regular being aware of of what you like and what what your visions are of where you want to go isn't it I think if you want to give a a really tangible example of a current time, 
your vision of good magic might have involved something that as soon as the pandemic hit was thrown out of the window. Like your your vision of good magic, sure, it might be the same thing, but but what is performable, what is great right now, or for the last year, eighteen months, two years, what, however long it has been, like this episode is obviously gonna gonna live longer than the the crazy world that we're living in right now. But like situational changes on a dramatic scale are gonna desperately change the way that you see good magic. Like good magic might be one thing then, but actually because you can't touch people, you can't even stand close to people anymore. You can't talk to people without covering up half your face and just having some eyeballs on show. You've got to change that around and you've got to play with that. You might have a, uh, a two definitions of good magic. This is good magic when I can actually com- communicate with people as per normal. This is my definition of good magic in a plaguey world where there's some other stuff going on. It's like, I, I, I'm trying to make a lighthearted out of it. I probably shouldn't, but you get the idea. And as Aidan well knows, when body flu is involved, <laughs> that's not good magic. And when he was doing car to mouth the other day to someone on the street, he realised <laughs> that was definitely not good magic there. Well, I wanted to play. I wanted to see how far I could push it. Luckily, I knew the people that I bumped into. I went, so here's the story. I went out for a walk, as you do. I was. I had a deck of cards on me. I was just shuffling cards, listening to some podcasts. Not the TSM podcast, because I'm not that vain, but I was out walking, listening to podcasts, and I spotted somebody that I knew walking towards me down this path, and I thought, right, this is great. And then the penny dropped. Like, if I've got the deck of cards in my hand, they're going to ask to see something. And right now, I'm not I'm, I'm not in that vibe. I'm not ready. So I put the cards in my pocket and then took the, the headphones out to say hi to them. And I kid you not, within the first sort of five, ten seconds, they said, can you show me something? And I thought... Ah, go on then. And I thought, literally, my mind jumped to, let's push the boundaries. Let's see where the world is at right now. And I did, I, I shamelessly did perform a card to mouth. They didn't touch the cards or anything like that. It was literally me getting the card in my face. And um, they were not impressed. It was, it well, they were impressed, but it was just, you could tell it was really awkward and, and uncomfortable. So, like, if I thought card to mouth was a, a piece of great or good magic pre-pandemic, it definitely wasn't in that moment. So... <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Don't do not do cards of mouth when there's a plague. Ever-changing world, stop slopping your body fluids around. <laughs> Moving on! <laughs> but look, at the end of the day, once you found out your vision of... I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a phrase. That's, that, that is quotable. There you go. Everybody get that on the, t- the Twitter. I nearly said the tweeter there. Oh, God, can you tell them? What, what did really you learn from the podcast today? Well, I learned that I should stop spraying my audiences with uh, my own body fluids. <laughs> slopping body fluids was the phrase that you used, and the phrase the audience will use on the the tweetstagram or whatever you want to call it. Ashley Green, the psychic mind reading show, the only show in which is slop your face with his body fluids. <laughs> right, we need to move on before this becomes weird. Uh, look, before? Once you found... <laughs> this is weird <laughs> he's, now. He's holding us to it. He's holding us to it. Oh, look. When it comes to choosing material, you've got to look at your vision of good magic. And when you're looking at putting it in your show or buying it, does it align with your visions? If yes, brilliant. If no... Can you change it to align with your visions? Because let's not forget that material that we already have, material that we're all, we're going to buy, we can change it. We can adapt it right to align with our visions. We're not just robots copying and pasting tricks out the shops or what we used to do five years ago. We can adapt and change like Aiden's already said the world is doing. <laughs> so can you do that? If so, brilliant. Step one, we're, we're in the right direction. The material you've got is going in the right direction. It now aligns with with your vision, which is the key thing. But the next thing, well, 
what's the bloody purpose of the trick? And this is something which, when we were speaking to Eric Edmeads about a fantastic serial entrepreneur and someone who teaches a lot of public speaking, very relevant for musicians if you're looking to heighten your performances and actually be engaging when you're talking to people. He was fantastic. We got him on the podcast, talk all about public speaking. And when he does events, he, he was speaking about this, like, what is the overall purpose of my talk? Like, what's my primary objective and what's my secondary objective? This is the same when you're presenting your material. Like, what's the main focus there? And then what are you looking to achieve after it? Well, I think before we jump into the primary, secondary uh, objectives approach, like actually understanding what we mean by the purpose of the trick. Because for some people, if you've listened to uh, our previous episode, for example, like how to fool your audience, your purpose of the trick is going to overlap with that. Like, what is your definition of fooling? Because at the end of the day, if you're not trying to fool your audience in any way whatsoever, well, it doesn't work. You're you're not a magician. You're not a, a, a mentalist in that kind of sense. There's always a definition behind fooling. But by the purpose of the trick is like, what is the impact that you want that trick to have? What is the outcome supposed to be? Uh, in my case, like to do to do the card to mouth example, the purpose of the trick wasn't on my audience there. It wasn't to make them feel amazing. It wasn't anything to do with them. It was shamelessly and selfishly. I want to know where the boundaries are at for some people right now. So I did card to mouth. That was the purpose of the trick. I'm going to do this trick right now to push the boundaries of how people are because I don't see a lot of people and I need to know what is like uh, going back into live entertainment. Obviously, now it's a bit more free in the UK, but back then I I wanted to know what it was like. I needed to know so that when it came down to upcoming gigs, what sort of material could I be playing with? So the purpose of that trick in that moment was to find out where the boundaries are for at least these people because then I have something to go off of but for other people like the purpose of the trick might not be and again in three years time after this worldwide crazy thing hopefully disappears and the world isn't burning to ash and fire as ashley likes giving examples what is the point in the trick what is the point is it to establish your credibility as a performer maybe that's what your opener is supposed to do Uh, and in which case when you start looking at your tricks and looking at your in alignment with your vision of good magic what openers fit that vision of good magic that is uh, out there for you that also help establish your credibility as an entertainer like this is going to differ from trick to trick but the, the that core purpose is like what is that outcome what is the preferred outcome yeah a hundred percent and like when you look at restaurant magic as well uh, wedding magic and corporate magic is going to change in every single scenario so you've got to be relevant to the actual place where you're performing and even casually as well it's a completely different ballpark there as, as you've just said when you sprayed them with your mouth juice like it's a completely different <laughs> scenario and you've got to be thinking about like what the overall purpose is in that point um and just to give a an example of how different this might be weddings your whole job is just to like fill the time and you just want to entertain people and get them having fun right like if you really boil it down to the bare bones basics that's what you're there for but maybe in a corporate trade show maybe your core purpose there is to literally you want to bring people to the stand like you have to be interesting enough to get people to stop going around the different stores and seeing other suppliers or or people selling welding equipment or whatever <laughs> and actually come to the stand for these people that you're performing to so they can flog them insurance and talk to them about why their insurance is the best in the world two different very different scenarios two different purposes because it's two very different situations so actually looking at where you can perform can really help you identify the purpose of this uh, as well really and you know when we look at 
like I've mentioned, the, the primary and the, the secondary objectives, you, you touched on something there, which might be the primary objective where you perform, especially if you're doing, a, in my case, a corporate show where I'm performing to people that ain't got a monkeys who I am, don't give a damn, it's just another day at work with people they hate, and they just want to go home. And secondly, they might be a tad drunk because they're bored and they're just having all the free booze they can. When I come out on stage, my main primary job is to literally say to people, hey, I'm good enough so that you can pay the next 45 minutes with me. It's the exact same purpose of what Eric Edbees was saying when we were speaking to him because he's in a similar sort of environment. That, that corporate speaking world, you've got to prove to your audience, first of all, that you're good enough for them to invest your time with you. So my primary objective when I do these corporate shows is to literally... I'm good enough. You can watch me. It's going to be bloody cool. That That is my one primary thing there. Exactly that. And if you haven't listened to the uh, the interview we did with Eric Edmeads, I believe it was episode 39 of the podcast. If you want to uh, jump to a list of all of our episodes, you can head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash pod list, all one word, pod for podcast and list for list and it's a list of all of our podcasts because we're geniuses when it comes down to naming stuff uh, you can scroll down and find episode 39 and go straight to it there but uh, honestly it's the art of public speaking is genius i learned more from that one interview than i had in years of studying in public speaking highly worth listening to um, but yeah the the whole concept of this primary objective secondary objectives now eric gives it in the episode very much a case of like for a talk for a presentation and he gives examples for, for a show but to really make it super clear primary objective what is the big thing that you're trying to do if in a corporate show you've got to go out there and uh, prove that the the person booking you has made the right choice or, or actually that the audience is all on side ready for the rest of the show like that that could be a primary objective now a secondary objective are the other things these are the other nice to haves if you like these are the other little tidbits that you you'd like to drop in there and and, and if there is something out of it great for example uh, when doing a talk uh, eric has on the back of his mind things like um landing a book deal and if he can drop hints that he's uh, writing or, or, or wants a book or something and somebody in the audience of that that talk or that show or whatever is connected enough to make join the dots and make that happen for him, win-win. He wouldn't have got that if he hadn't referenced it. And what we're trying to say here is that in the purpose of your trick, your primary objective might be to get people all on your side ready for the rest of the show. But your secondary objective there, it might actually be to set people up with uh, a specific thought process or, or have everybody thinking of a specific piece of information that you can then use later. Now, the ins and outs of that, who knows? But ultimately, you've got this primary objective and these other little things as well that are nice to have for the rest of the talk, rest of the the performance the rest of the show and beyond yeah and for an example out of corporate and in uh, residencies or that could be maybe just getting TripAdvisor reviews for the restaurant so that <laughs> you seem even better like your primary objective is like to freaking entertain like your not primary objective is not like TripAdvisor like walking up hey leave a TripAdvisor like that's your secondary objective there but there's that icing on the cake for the actual venue so that like they're going to continue booking you if you're getting all these raving reviews. And maybe in a casual situation, when you're performing to someone down the pub, well, maybe a secondary objective there might just be like to maybe hint 
that you can do parties or weddings, or maybe just sign them up to your Instagram. But whatever this is, planning it ahead of time means that when choosing material to loop this background and really connect the dots to people that don't understand at this moment where we've gone on this, means when you're choosing material, you can make sure the material is right to allow you to encompass all of those things. For example, if you're doing... Um, material where you're not going to have much talking time with the audience so you're doing a silent manipulation act is that really going to get people signed up to your instagram or is that really going to land you the book deal for example maybe to do that you might need to actually talk in which case the silent manipulation act might not be for you for me in the corporate world i know that doing my my long hello look at me and just chatting with the audience isn't good enough and i know there's certain effects which aren't good enough first of all like going into the weird psychic woo woo stuff straight away because people immediately turn off as soon as i rock up and start doing psychic woo woo stuff they're like never heard of this guy i'm at a work event what the hell is this? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> like doing my hypnotoke. Aiden, imagine if I'd done my hypnotoke at the beginning of a corporate show. It'd just be weird. The audience isn't primed for it. If anything, I'm now turning them off. It's the wrong choice of material. Instead, I want something there to really highlight who I am. Something good, something entertaining, something lighthearted that really shows me in the best light possible. That's the material that I'm looking for. Not some weird hypnotoke or weird psychic woo-woo tarot reading. That's, that's not going to custom mustard. That'll be later in the show. So that will help. Like what you're looking to achieve will help encompass the type of material that you're looking to choose at the specific moments within the show or the show overall. Well, it goes beyond that. It also helps inform the presentation of the routines as well. Because as you said, like that silent manipulation act would be um, uh, if you're going to do a silent manipulation act and your secondary objective is to get people on your Instagram, well, sure you might have to adjust a trick but actually what if instead of producing playing cards you produce blank playing cards with the instagram logo on it or or, or maybe you, you produce a, a, a giant i don't know I'm, i've lost an example on that one but you get the point like it informs the actual presentation not just the actual point in the trick it, like it's a really important narrowing mechanism when choosing material like what is the purpose of the trick in this specific portion of my close-up repertoire or this specific portion of my show, my online or stage or whatever it is, the parlor, you name it, what does this trick here need to do? Right, now what can I use to actually fill the blanks? It's that funnel filter mechanism. And to give, uh, in terms of the situations where you've got these impromptu performances, take uh, Carter Mouth in the middle of a, of a diseased plaguey world, prepare this in advance when it comes down to the impromptu stuff like you're not going to be able to think right there and then what's the primary objective what are the secondary objectives think about your impromptu set for lack of a better word or phrase there think about that in advance what are the primary objectives what are the secondary objectives perhaps somebody you bump into just so happens to find out by some miracle means that you're uh, an entertainer well right there and then you're not going to be able to filter out and find out whether they're going to book you or, or know somebody that does chances are you going to have a quicker, shorter conversation with that person. So your primary objective might be to get them on your Instagram so that you can follow them late, follow up with them later on in a friendly, non-formal way. Maybe that's your primary objective. Now, in that moment, you know exactly what you've got to do through your trick. Bingo, job done. And just to close the loop on the silent manipulation app, at the end, you produce a giant Instagram logo. At the bottom, it says, follow Aiden underscore the wizard. And then you produce another sign that says... Or a slop on your face. <laughs> oh, God almighty. No. <laughs> yeah. 
you could you could just follow me on Instagram if you like. I'm not that active, but that that would be fun. Um, but yeah, so there, th- there are two other two other questions um, that we we've referenced already in this episode a few times, but it's worth bringing them back around to the to the front again. Uh, and that's kind of, do you enjoy performing the trick? And does the trick fit the environment you're going to be performing in? Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to choosing material uh, material, and you're writing your close-up repertoire, you've got your vision of good and great magic. You're going to start using that as a framework to put some tricks in. Uh, you know what the purpose of the trick is supposed to be, your primary objectives, your secondary objectives, if you want to go that far. Uh, but you know what the point in the trick is actually going to be. If you don't enjoy performing the trick, you're not going to perform it as well as you could. And equally, if the trick doesn't fit in the environment that you'll be performing in. Heck, a few episodes ago, you gave the example of uh, producing a bottle and then moving to another table on the other side of the room and then producing the bottle, the same routine, but the table that was just performed for saw the entire method. Like, it doesn't fit that. So as a result, that was a poor choice in material for that environment. Bearing in mind, both of these questions can go on a million different ways. What would you say are like the one or two things that people need to bear in mind when considering material from these angles, actually? Look, at the end of the day, when it comes down to like, do you enjoy it? It's literally just looking at it as it is. When you perform it, do you have fun? Does it cause that little bit of excitement from within? If the answer is yes, then carry on. If you're like, no, and it could boil down to the two reasons. It's just like too hard to perform. You haven't practiced it enough. You need to go away and practice it. If you just don't like the effect, just stop performing it. It's just going to be displayed in your body language. Your audience is going to pick up on it. The do you even, enjoy it? Even, even if it gets great reactions, that's an important point. Even if it gets the best reactions of your entire show, if you don't enjoy it, we are openly saying right here, bin it. Move it out of your show quick. Yeah, Andrew, there's no, there's no point doing something you don't enjoy. But we all know at the end of the day, when we perform something, if we like doing it. So that just means... You've got to get in a little bit of practice time when you're looking at new material and stuff to really test the water to see if it's right for you. And secondly, does the trick suit the environment? Well, that means you've got to be looking at where you're going to perform. Do you perform casually? Do you perform at weddings, trade shows, uh, college tours? Are you big theatres, small theatres? Are the theatres you're in have a, a stage in the middle when you're surrounded? Or is it like the stage head on, like actually looking and doing research into the environments which you're going to be performing to determine whether that material is going to work at the end of the day i'm not going to be doing my impression pads with carbon paper and opening that up to get my peak if i know there's people that are going to be behind me because it's going to suck for half of the audience i'd opt for something else instead it's really easy to work out the types of material when you boil it down to their bare bones basic things do you have fun and is it going to suck for some of the audience because of the environment you're in? Simple as that. And that really uh, is a, a bunch of philosophies and things that we've been talking about in different places uh, across TSM and and in general conversations. And it kind of summarizes what the last few, um, few weeks of episodes have really been sort of talking about on the TSM platform. But ultimately, choosing material like you just got to make sure that you're choosing it for the right reasons. And, and sure, our, our thoughts on your vision of good magic and the purpose of the trick and whether you enjoy it and it fits the environment, they're just some angles that we like to look at in terms of actually making sure the material fits. And if you want to dig into this a little bit deeper, we'd love to actually work with you one-on-one and help you actually dial that in. And we've got this uh, incredible course uh, to inflate our own ego here, uh, called Learn to Thrive. And the promise is simple. 
We want you to become a thriving and hustle-free entertainer and build that hustle-free and thriving entertainment career. And we believe that we can help you get there in seven weeks. It's really, really uh, clear-cut. We've got a clear-cut process on actually making this happen. And we've had incredible results with it already. But perhaps the most interesting part of the entire journey, for especially from my end, is actually talking to people and finding out what their visions of good magic are and, and what they're like as a performer. Because sure, we can give you baseline productivity hacks and we can give you principles that work and, and the 80-20 the of networking and, and social media. We can teach you all of that stuff. But what's really important is actually seeing it applied in your own way. And, and Ashley, correct me if I'm wrong here, but We've had some incredible differences just through applying the same content from some of our past clients. Yeah, well, we've had one chap, Edwin, go through there. We speak about all the time. He was going to go to uni and went, yeah, you know what stuff that? I'm doing entertainment full time now. Came out of the course. He's literally traveling around the UK, performing, 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 performing and performing. Before he was earning £400 a month for magic. Couldn't really make it work. Now he's earning over £4,000. Amazing transformations there. We've had other people go through that have had big inner conflict resolved with actually their life and what they want to achieve and other people actually really niche down and go into specific sectors that are well suited so they have more enthusiasm more motivation and because of that they know what they need to work on it's easier to work on it and now they're able to do it full time as well and run it alongside the job that they've always been passionate about because we've given the productivity systems to actually align everything they want to achieve in their job so that it's easy. It's hustle-free. There's not that much work that needs to go into your entertainment career if you know what you're doing and you have the systems in place to actually do it properly. Exactly that. And again, if you want to check out some more information and pop a free application in to the Learn to Thrive course, head over to thriveinmagic.com. You'll be able to spend just 30 seconds, fill out a quick application there and we'll be able to uh, make, basically make sure that you're right for the course and the course is right for you. Again, we're doing it on an application basis because we'd rather that you didn't just jump into a really big intensive course like the Learn to Thrive and just not be right for it and not work for you. Now, we're confident that it will, but again, we just want to make sure. So head over to thriveinmagic.com, hit the big old button on the front of the page and pop an application through today. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. 
Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.